this is Jen and you are listening to the Girl Brave Podcast. On this episode, I am talking with Chloe. Chloe is an educator. She teaches middle school and high school kids. She has so many great things to say about how we learn and uh, sharing ideas with people that are either older than us or younger than us. So let's just jump into it and let's get started. Today on the show, we have Chloe and Chloe, we go way back, Chloe. Um, (laughs) I think we met when you were a counselor at Camp Summergold or maybe even before that. I think it was when I was a counselor. I must have been like 19. So it's been a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know that you are an educator. Tell me about that decision of deciding to go into, you know, educating youth. So my mom uh, was an English teacher for about 20 years, um, and she was always very dedicated to her job and definitely showed me a lot of, um, I don't know, what it means to care for young people around you, even when they're not necessarily a part of like your family, Um, kind of the need that a lot of kids experience in their young lives uh, with needing an adult around who is in their corner, who's there for them. Um, And now she is a middle school librarian and she absolutely loves being in that role as well. Um, So I kind of grew up with that. Um, And then in middle school and high school, I kind of moved around between a lot of different types of jobs that I wanted to do. Um, There was a while when I wanted to be a marine biologist. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be like a forensic science, like crime scene investigator. Um, And then I think it was my junior year of high school. um, I had a student teacher in my uh, AP language and composition course. And she um, saw some writing that I was doing and kind of observed how I was doing in class and was like, you would make a really great English teacher. And I think you should really consider that as like a career path. Um, And at the time I was also really struggling to pass anatomy and physiology. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, that sounds good. Let's give that a try. Um, And so I dropped anatomy and physiology and I convinced a middle school teacher across the street from my high school to take me on as kind of like a, not really like a full student teacher, but like a practicum student because I was like 17 years old. Um, And I just really fell in love with it, working with young people and teaching them how to communicate better through language, um, how to become better readers and writers. It was a really big passion from me from that point on. Um, and then I went into college and it really just like solidified it through all the experiences I had working with youth. And I got the opportunity to work as a camp counselor for a while. Um, I worked in a program where uh, students who were first generation uh, aspiring college students um, were in this program called um, Nebraska Preparatory Academy. Nebraska College Preparatory Academy, NCAP, or NCPA, I don't remember, acronyms. Um, And they taught me a lot about uh, more like disadvantaged youth and being able to help uplift people who are in positions where they can't necessarily advocate for themselves all the time because of positions of power and whatever else. Um, So being able to kind of work through all these different experiences with youth has been really, really important to me. And 
Um, yeah, I just, I love teaching. I love it so much. I love being around kids. Uh, kids are so the future and like, not even uh, like a goofy sense of like, yeah, obviously like they're gonna grow up and be adults one day. But at the same time, like, I feel like the, the kids in this particular, like Generation Z are very um, passionate. And I love that. I love that they um, are so into uh, the different things that they're into. They're very uh, interested in many different topics and they've become like experts in so many different topics. And I think it's so cool. I was talking to my husband about that the other day about how kids are so much better at things than they used to be um, and so much more talented. And I think it's just wild. Yeah, they have so much they kids these days have such an opportunity to do anything they want and even make more money than maybe their parents if they apply themselves and like do what their heart really desires it's just incredible the opportunities that they have and I love that you say that kids are the future because teaching at the university I just I'm a sponge, right? I just want to know everything that they're into and learning and mm-hmm. listening to and reading. It's just so fun to be a part of that, like energy. Yes. What grade yeah. did you, Love what grades, what grades were you teaching um, last, last uh, school year? This past school year, I was teaching fifth grade and seventh grade English language arts. Um, and they just have like the most wild energy. It's so funny. Um I've noticed that um, a lot of the kids at my school were very, um, they very much want connection with people. Um, And I think a lot of that came from the pandemic, just like being so isolated for so long. They just so desperately want connection. Um, And that was something that I really focused on in my classroom was being able to kind of promote this sense of unity Mm -hmm. and positivity in a way that um, we can build together in a way that we can use that in a cooperative and um, appropriate way instead of kind of distracting each other with antics or that sort of thing. Um, Being able to say, you know what, we're here to learn, we can also have fun. Uh, And they really brought that energy sometimes a little more than I was anticipating. Um, But yeah, they love to have fun with learning and it was just so so uh exciting to be in that classroom because they brought that kind of that buzz i have some parents that listen to the show who may have a preteen or teenager any tips or tricks for the parents when engaging or interacting with their child where um, maybe before they're met with resistance um how to like bridge that communication gap yeah um i think it's I think parents are in a really difficult position because um, a lot of parents really do want to connect with their kids and they want to have that deep relationship, but kids can be very like resistant to that just because they're like, oh, you're my parent. Like, you're not cool. You don't know what I'm about. And, you know, there's always, that's a developmentally appropriate mindset. Um, But I think that being able to like show genuine interest in the things that your kids are into is really important. Um, that was something I used a lot in my classroom to connect with my students was being up to date on like what they're doing on social media and what those sorts of trends are. Um, slang was a huge thing that uh, I noticed was really important to my kids. If I was able to um, 
bring my adult ideas to their kid language. Um, they were very into that. Uh, and it really allowed them to become um, deeper thinkers because they could take those complex concepts and put it into their own words. Um, another thing that I like to try to tell parents when they're kind of struggling to connect with their kids is like, um, you know, don't, don't try to push so hard because they're going to push back. Um, because kids are also, especially in the middle school age where I was teaching, um, they are so into the idea of like being contrarian. Um, and so if you're pushing really, really hard, um, then the kid is going to view that as like, oh, you're trying too hard. Um, and not that parents should stop trying, obviously, uh, but just coming at it in a different way and trying different things all the time, asking kids what they want, what they need. Um, I think that we don't allow kids to advocate for themselves as much as we should. I think that we kind of tend to tell them what they want and need. Um, and then they feel misunderstood and misheard or not heard at all. Uh, and so being able to take the time to sit down and like genuinely listen to what they want and what they need and what they're interested in, and then acting on that and doing that consistently and kind of building that trust of like, see, we can do fun things together. We can be involved together and it can be a good time. Um, I think that a lot of kids too right now are feeling very like everything has been so shifting for so long. And so there's this idea that like, we can't have um, like stability and permanence because things are changing all the time so quickly. And I think a lot of kids are responding to that in a way where they don't get attached to any certain thing um, or any certain person and being able to show them that like attachment is safe. Um, if you do it with the right people and the right things, um, then you know it can be very rewarding to have a deep relationship with someone or something uh, and just genuinely rewarding that over and over and over again kids are having a hard time trusting these days I've really noticed um and so yeah just patience and continuing to try but also letting them come to you in a way um because you know no one wants to be bugged over and over either yeah that's really good advice do something that they're, you know, connect with them with things that they're interested in. Yeah. You mentioned social media, you mentioned COVID, you mentioned these like un, you know, weird times that we're having. I've heard a lot that social media is like sometimes it can be really positive and sometimes it can be really negative. There's bullying. Like what sort of themes are coming up that you are seeing in your role? That's definitely all true. Um, I was dealing with a lot of really bad social media bullying issues, uh, especially in my homeroom. Um, this past year, I had a couple of girls who were really just going at it online and there's not much I can do about that from a teacher, from a classroom perspective. All I can do is call the parents and say like, hey, another student came to me today and told me that your daughter has been sending her really nasty messages online. Um, obviously, I can't control what your child is doing outside of school hours. I can take their phone away from them in the classroom. But like, other than that, my hands are kind of tied when it comes to what they're doing online. Um, and so, yeah, I've seen a lot of parents not knowing how to monitor that and how closely to monitor that. Um, but I think it's really important to have conversations with kids about like, 
hey, just because it's on the other side of the screen, like there is a real person there. And I think we really forget that there's a real person on the other side of that message who is reading it and internalizing it. Um, and that really goes back to just like empathy and how difficult it is to develop empathy when you're not around other people consistently. Uh, and I think going back to the COVID thing, that's really been a big part of an effect of the pandemic is that kids are struggling to like socially and emotionally um, be where they're developmentally supposed to because uh, they haven't been able to work on those skills as much and doing a lot of like very explicit teaching of, hey, this is how this can feel. Uh, or if you were to receive this same message, can you imagine how that might make you feel? Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, like role playing with my students or reading like plays, like short story plays, that sort of thing. And that's been really helpful with helping them to understand like, you know, other people have feelings too. Um, it's not something that's secret. That's not something that you're alone in. And that's something that we can talk about and that we should talk about because otherwise we're not going to ever fully understand each other. Um, and having that open dialogue has been so important in my classroom of like being able to stop everything that's going on. And when someone says a mean comment, say, hey, why do you think it's okay to say that? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going through your head right now that that came out of your mouth and you're willing to defend that? Because it matters what you say and you can't take that back. And when you say that, head. Yeah, when you say that to them, when you stop them and say, why did you say that? And wh what does that mean? Like, what are their reactions? Are, are they, do they even know that they're doing that or? I think a lot of kids don't think about what's coming out of their mouth. And that's not anything new. Kids are always yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that um, it kind of gives them pause. They don't, most of the time they're just like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> And you have to say, okay, no, like really think about it. Like if, if you said it, it you must've meant it on some level. And so we need to understand like our own thought processes and what is causing us to think that and causing us to think that it's okay to say that. Because if someone said a similar thing about you or your family or your identity, you would be very upset. Um, and being able to have those honest conversations about like, how people feel um, and taking that perspective has been really important. <laughs> if there's someone listening that may be the victim of I, online bullying from, you know, a, a, a friend at school or just anyone from school, what advice would you give them? Like what were, what are some first initial steps that they might take in order to get some help or at least share it with someone that they trust? Yeah. Um, I was dealing with um, a student in particular who uh, he would come to me after school and we'd have long conversations about like his issues with trying to become more um, socially involved with other kids. And um, the first thing I always said to him was like, you didn't do anything to deserve this. Like whatever people are saying to you, whatever mean things, like you don't deserve that. And so I think being able to have that base understanding of like, you have done nothing to, um, you've done nothing that someone should be making you feel this way. 
because no one should feel this way. Um, and, you know, kind of first off saying like, you deserve better than that. Uh, I think it's something that a lot of kids don't believe. They believe that being mistreated is like a normal part of growing up. And in some ways it is because everyone experiences negative social interactions at some point. Um, but being able to tell them like, you deserve a better friendship uh, has been really, really important. And that was something that I wish I would have heard as a, as a middle schooler and high schooler, like, you deserve friendships that make you feel good. I'm getting a little emotional about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just remember like, as a kid feeling like, what's wrong with me, you know? Um, huh, I'm gonna take a second to calm down. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with the kid who's getting bullied. The problem is with other kids and the way they're reacting. Um, and yeah, I had a lot of conversations with that student about like, you don't deserve this and you should expect better out of people. And like, when people are treating this way, you need to walk away and you need to be honest with people, um, especially like adults who can help you um, about how you're being treated and what things are being said to you and who is doing it. Uh, I always tell my students too, like, it's not snitching if someone is getting hurt. And it's not snitching if you are the person getting hurt. Because um, a lot of people will tell their kids like, hey, you shouldn't be tattletaling. Well, there's a difference between being a tattletale and being a snitch and trying to protect yourself or trying to protect other people. Because if your mind isn't safe or if your body isn't safe, then there's something wrong and we need to fix it. Uh, and I think for kids just, trying to find that person who that you connect with is really, really important. Um, there's a friend out there for everyone. Um, and you deserve to have that good and positive friendship. Uh, I think that a lot of kids too, they're online and they think, oh, I need to get a certain amount of likes or a certain amount of views in order to be valuable, in order for my voice to mean something out here. Um, but really like, as long as you're enjoying using your voice, it doesn't matter who's listening. Um, because eventually the right people are going to start listening and that's how you're going to find your crowd. That's how you're going to find your group, um, is by continuing to be like your most authentic self and bring your most authentic self to the table because people are going to recognize that authenticity. And that's something that I've really noticed with how kids react toward me is like, I have a, I just got this mullet yesterday, but I always have like weird, crazy, colorful hair and I dress the way I want to and I act the way I want to because I'm trying to be my most genuine and authentic self. I don't want to feel like I'm lying to people with the way that I present myself into the world. Um, and so it takes a very, uh, it, it took me a really long time to find that sense of confidence of where like, you know, take me or leave me, I am who I am. Um, but, you know, once I got there and once I felt like I could be my most authentic self, that's when I really started attracting the right kind of people that I really wanted in my life. Um, when I stopped, you know, caring about how others view me and more about how I want to be and who I, how I want to affect others instead, was really a big turning point in 
figuring out, um, you know, what, what I like and who I am, because if you're letting other people dictate who you are, then you're not going to be good with that mentally either. Um, because then you're just thinking about pleasing other people all the time instead of living happily for yourself. How do you do that, Chloe? Like, I know it takes time and you took some time and I went through that transition too. You know, my daughter is 13 and she's just, just introducing herself to another part of herself. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so much influence that you see and, you know, you see a, a group of friends and they're all wearing the exact same jean shorts and they're all wearing the exact same shoes and they all have the same hair. Like, what are some ways that maybe you've learned on how to figure out who you are, first of all, and be brave enough to show your authentic self when, when you're um, in a sea of sameness? Oh my gosh, that's so hard too. Because I remember being 13 and being like, well, I want this brand of shoes because all my other friends have this brand of shoes. And I want, you know, you want to be a part of a group. You want to feel like you belong. Um, but you know, I feel like it takes a lot, it does take a lot of bravery and it takes a lot of being able to say like, it doesn't matter what other people think of me because I'm happy. And it takes a lot of wherewithal to be able to, um, you know, go back out into the world every single day saying, no, I'm going to bring my most authentic self. Uh, but at the same time, like it's okay to experiment. It's okay to say, Ooh, I tried that. I don't like it anymore. Um, the amount of times I look back on photos of myself, and like what I wore, I'm always like, Oh no, that was not it. Uh, like wearing like bell bottom jeans, but not bell bottom, more like boot cut jeans underneath, like debt like plaid skirts and that sort of stuff just like weird weird clothing choices but you know it led to me feeling more unique and confident because I was willing to try those things and I started yeah Trudy I started getting a lot of feedback from people of like oh your style is so unique um or I would never think to wear that together um, or that sort of thing. A lot of my expression really does come from like my clothing and my hair and that sort of thing. Um, and I think, I don't, I don't know, I almost think of getting dressed in the morning as like, who do I want to be today? Uh, it's almost like a costume for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I really enjoy um, just trying out different things and um, being able to say, you know what, the way I look is temporary. Um, but being able to be dedicated to myself and what I stand for and who I am should always be permanent. Um, because no matter what you look like on the outside, if you're having a bad hair day or if, you're, um, if you've gained some weight recently and you're not happy about that or that sort of thing, like it's all temporary. Like the physical is all temporary because that changes constantly. That's just part of the way human bodies are. Um, and, you know, dedicating to yourself, dedicating yourself to doing and saying, um, what is, what is right, you know, what is in your heart and what, um, what you want to see in the world, I think is really important to put out there. Um, 
And I really do live by that when I'm teaching of like, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, because I, I don't know, I feel like change doesn't come unless we try. And if you're not mm -hmm. happy with the way things are, and you just sit there and let it happen, then nothing's going to change and you're just going to be unhappy. Yeah, those problems that are obstacles that present themselves to you is, you know, like I always consider life like a video game or a ride where, you know, that's the obstacle that I'm at and how do I get through it? And mm -hmm. if that obstacle wasn't there, I probably wouldn't grow. I probably wouldn't learn. I probably wouldn't like become the person I'm going to be. So I'm not going to dwell on that obstacle as something that's going to stop me. That's the obstacle that I'm going to be and get to that next level of who mm -hmm. I am. And um, yeah, it's the perspective that you have with those, those obstacles um, that, that just bring you to that next step. And I really like how you said that you're able to change your mind. And I know um, in my past, I always thought that if I said one thing one day, I would kind of have to stick with that because I didn't want to be wishy-washy or change my mind or all over the place. And so I like that you've given us, um, you know, that, that, per that, advice of you don't have you can change your mind the next day and then the next day and the next day and you don't have to be the same person you were yesterday to mm -hmm. still be growing in yourself yeah and I think that you know change and growth are hard because they're supposed to be um if things weren't if change were easy everyone would do it and everyone would be a perfect person and the world would be in harmony and we'd have world peace and it'd be great um if it were easy, then, you know, everyone would be their most authentic self. Everyone would be happy with the way they are. And that's just not the way that the world works, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people aren't willing to put in that time to figuring out who they are and what they need and what the people around them need. Um, and yeah, just dedicating yourself to that growth and understanding it's a process it's okay to fail. You're going to be coming, you're going to be becoming who you are for the rest of your life. Um, and that's okay. And that should be celebrated. And that's awesome. And, you know, there's, there's some joy as you grow older and more confident in those embarrassing moments, you can look back and say like, oh, yeah, that was so silly. Like, I, I do feel really goofy now. But also, I'm okay with that, because I know that that was a part in my process of becoming who I am. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So this podcast is all about being brave. And I believe that you don't have to be brave in order to do something. I believe that if you do something that is being brave, tell me your definition of being brave. And do you think you are brave? Um, I think that being brave is that's a good question. I think maybe being open to admitting that you were wrong. Um, and I guess being open-minded in general, because if you are closing yourself off to new ideas and new experiences, um, that in saying like, no, this is, this is the way I live and I don't want any other input. Um, not that you necessarily have to 
listen to what others want you to be, but being able to explore different experiences and different ways of viewing the world, I think is really what being brave is all about, is being able to, um, you know, look at the world and say, oh, I'm going to try that. I like that. Or that didn't work out for me and that's okay. And being able to pick yourself up, pick yourself up and move on. Um, and, you know, continuing to say, you know what, that didn't go my way, but next time maybe it will. So I'm going to try again and I'm going to do better. And I'm going to think about what went wrong and how I can fix it and what I can control. Um, but yeah, being open to new experiences, controlling what you can control, um, and bringing your, bringing who you understand yourself to be to the table. Um, I think I'm brave. I think I am. Um, sometimes I feel braver than other days. Uh, I definitely felt braver yesterday, like cutting my hair off and dyeing it than I will when I walk into my first day at my new school that I'm teaching at next year. I'm going to feel so many different levels of brave. Um, but the fact that, you know, you're continuing to keep going and continuing to do the thing. I think that's where the bravery comes from is saying like, I fell down, but I'm ready to get back up again. So two more questions before I let you go. What will you be saying to yourself as you walk into your new school for the first day of school? Like what, what kind of mantras or self-talk can you share with us that maybe someone else can use as they're walking into something new? Um, I guess one of my mantras with teaching in general is just kind of like, don't be afraid to get weird with it. Um, I love getting weird with it because it brings such a new energy and a new vibe to whatever situation you're in. Um, you don't have to think about things in the traditional way all the time. There is value in the way things are traditionally done, um, but being able to experience new things is all about trying something new and getting weird with it. Um, also, probably like, they're gonna like you. It's gonna be okay. And even if they don't like you, it's okay. Um, it's, it's difficult to walk into a room of teenagers and think like, they're not picking me apart right now. It's fine. I don't have to worry about that. Like walking up in front of a room of 16 year olds and not thinking about how they're picking you apart is virtually impossible. But being okay and saying, you know what, I'm gonna stand a little straighter because I know they're watching me and they need to know that I don't mm -hmm. care. And I'm happy with the way I am and you can love me or like me, but at the end of the day, I'm here to be me. If you wanna be you, that's cool. Love it. I love that. Give, give me the goosebumps. <laughs> All right. Well, you sound like an amazing teacher that are giving, you mentioned earlier, some reading short stories and stuff. What would you suggest someone listening read this summer that they may not know about? Mm. Oh, I just had a bunch of new books. Let me glance over at my shelf here. Um, I've gotten a bunch of, uh, new graphic novels that are out recently. Um, and I know graphic novels are huge with young adults right now. Um, and I think looking for graphic novels from non-traditional perspectives has been a really cool thing for me because I'm not necessarily a comic person or a graphic novel person, um, but being able to really deeply experience stories, both visually and in terms of reading, 
um, has been really awesome to me. I have one over here. This one is kind of for older kids. It's called Hey Kiddo. Uh, it's a graphic novel about a young boy who lost his mother um, and was able to reconnect with his father and kind of deal with his uh, family's different experiences and difficulties that they were having with addiction um, and being able to kind of break that cycle of trauma um, and, you know, choosing your own path and deciding your own future, I think is a really common theme, theme that's coming out of books these days is being able to say, that's who my family was. And I respect, for, respect them for how they've built us, um, but I wanna make things better. Uh, and that's a really common theme that I am seeing on my bookshelf as I look at it is, this is the way things were, and I'm going to, you know, take up the torch and do things that will make it even better. Yeah. Be the change that you want to see. That's yes. Awesome. Be the change. <laughs> yes. Well, Chloe, thank you for keeping it weird. I'm going to keep my <laughs> classes more weird. And it's been so great talking to you. I so appreciate your time and your insight. You too. Thank you so much. Well, that was the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Chloe's an amazing person. Be sure to follow her on TikTok. She's hilarious. And if you know of anybody or would like to be on the show yourself, please email me. I'd love to have you on. My email is jen at pincurlgirls.com. That's P-I-N-C-U-R-L-G-I-R-L-S.com. All right. Have a great day. Bye.